story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. much of a badass, for sure.
Hey, Skiba News Nation family, welcome to episode 74 of Skiba News Nation, your weekly source of the latest news, controversial topics, conspiracies, forgotten history, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about megachurch insanity, cross-referencing in the Bible, the truth about money, world economy in 2024, the year of the dragon, the rise of central bank digital currency, 2012 Olympics creepy opening ceremony, ex Mossad exposes Epstein, Leave the world behind in the Obamas. Another Opus Corner. For history, we'll be talking about how the Truman Show predicted the unveiling of modern society, igniting the quest for truth seekers. Another great truth talk segment means and much more, so subscribe and stay tuned. Now, as always, I'd like to introduce my great and insightful co-host, Mr. Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. What's up, man? Hey, man, we're just buckling down here in the midst of the holiday season, you know, as everybody... Uh, turns pagan for just you know one week a year no it's more like a month or no ever since halloween ended right no. <laughs> uh anyways i i wanted to share a quick video right before we got started and uh it's just a reminder of how texas mega churches take christmas very seriously they do i've been there press them with Dude, I, I have been to that exact show. I know where that church is. It's right it's, down the road from here. Just down the street from us. And actually, that's not a current one. That one now is in Branson. Uh, but but we went to that one. Did you know that it cost them over, I think it was like $2 million for each showing? Isn't that wow. crazy? And they were jam-packed for every show. They went for almost two weeks. And Santa was the reason for the season, for sure. <laughs> that's why i was sharing this picture it says half my facebook feed santa the other half santa is the devil <laughs> uh so yeah it, it, i mean it's so true um the pageantry of the christmas season um although i i love to quote rob skiba right when he said trade the beast feasts for the seven feasts of the most high uh so uh you know, there's a depth to, you know, understanding the biblical feast season. And I think we've had our heritage and our identity uh, culturally stolen from us by ba basically the Coca-Cola uh, Santa Claus story. The Hallmark story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much uh, <laughs> what I wanted to start off with. I guess we can cut over to the news segment now. Let's do it, man. All right. 
So let's get started with an interesting uh, depiction of uh, cross-references throughout the entire Bible. So check this out. This is a graph that shows the handiwork of God. Now, what you're seeing here is every cross-reference in the Bible that is overt, an overt cross-reference in the Bible. Guess how many connections in the Bible? 63,779 connections in the Bible. If this was the work composed by one man, we would say, this man is a master. What a masterpiece. He's a master composer. The problem is, this is written by 40 different men over 1500 years on three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa, in three different languages, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And the entire book tells one united story. It's all connected together. Friends, the only answer for this, young people, listen to me. The only answer for this is God. Period. You find me another book in all of human civilization that even scratches the surface of this. So there's your answer for people out there who wonder why we look into the biblical narrative, because it's the hope, it's the faith that somebody throughout history had the fortitude to pass down an accurate depiction of the past. And uh, I know people have said history is written by the victors. But uh, the biblical narrative seems to have a divine message upon it throughout time. And that's why it, it seems to be such a significant text. And, and then there's people like us that once we come to believe that the biblical narrative is uh, the ultimate kind of telling of biblical principles and spiritual you know, revelations about the Almighty then we can look into other texts that confirm almost a mythological worldview, which is amazing. Uh, did you know that uh, the Bible, quote-unquote, talks about uh, mermaids, Jeremiah? I didn't. Mermaids well, are fascinating, uh, though. I think they're fascinating. Yeah, it, it depends on what Bible you read. Like the Ethiopian Bible the in the Ge'ez, um, that one would depict this um but as well as all the ancient writings that we have uh kind of come to explain that mermaids are actually creatures uh that were talked about in the book of enoch and in the book of maccabees uh fourth maccabees so uh i thought this was super interesting um and uriel said to me here shall stand the angels who have connected themselves with women and their spirits assuming many different forms are defiling mankind and shall lead them astray into sacrificing to demons as gods. Here shall they stand till the day of the great judgment in which they shall be judged till they are made an end of. And the women also of the angels who went astray shall become sirens. So could that perhaps be to escape the judgment of the flood? They became these water witches you know these primordial witches that were taught the dark magics and secret knowledge from the watchers uh so that's why we like to look into the biblical text because it validates uh figures throughout history that seem to reverberate through many different cultures and religions but we have a, a more crystal clear uh kind of explanation um that doesn't lead us down some false religion like 
you know, the worship of Molech or Baal or, you know, any of these false entities that have been worshipped throughout history, that some are uh, spiritual principalities, some are deified man. Uh, but anyways, it's just interesting. And uh, that brings to mind uh, what we're going to talk about now, which is the truth about money in America. Check this out law of money is called the law of water. This is why incidentally the Statue of Liberty could not be put on American land. It was put in a harbor because the Statue of Liberty is a maritime admiralty symbol. It's called the Statue of Liberty, not the Statue of Freedom. There's a world of difference between freedom and liberty. Liberty means you ask your father if you can use the car. If he says no, you don't use it. Liberty is what a sailor gets when he pulls into harbor. He asks the captain if he can leave. If the captain says yes, and he most likely is not going to, but if he says yes, that means you have the liberty. You pull liberty. You don't have freedom. America is not the land of the free and the home of the brave. We're not free or brave. We're ill-informed, entertained, and totally ignorant to the powers that be on this earth and how it works. Let me give you an example of how the law of water works. When you go into a court, why do you have to go to court? As I said, you play tennis and basketball on a court. The whole idea in a court is to put the ball back in the other guy's court. So consequently, this team stands up and throws the ball at that team, and that team stands up and throws the ball back over there, and the judge sits here, and that's what he is, a judge. He's the referee. He doesn't care who wins or loses. Somebody's going to pay, and he's going to get paid, so he doesn't care who wins or loses. He's only there to make sure that the game is played correctly. It's called commerce, because the whole world is commerce. Look up the word commerce in a law dictionary. It'll tell you it's sexual intercourse. Marriage is a partner. Partner is a term that's used in business. If your business with your partner doesn't work out, you're not going to God. You're going to Court. Bring your check and your and your house and all your property with you, because it's just business, nothing personal. So that sets us up for what we're about to talk about next, which is a uh, a prophetic kind of doomsday call for 2024, and its relation to the Chinese Year of the Dragon. Check this video out. What's going to go on with the world economy? Tell me. We're going to have a reset in 2024. Every time we have a dragon year, that's usually when the reset comes. Last time we had a big major reset was 2000 with the dot-com bubble, and that was also a dragon year. The Fed is going to have to introduce their Fed coin because a lot of other countries don't want to deal with the dollar anymore. So the Fed's going to have to do something, or it's going to be the U.S. military because they have to protect their dollar. The reason that America is the world's superpower is because the petrodollar system that is crumbling at some point the fed's gonna have to basically step in and be like you know what we're gonna have to have a fed coin and for that to happen a lot of these other coins have to die first all right that sets us up for how a digital currency is coming into play and when what's funny is not everyone is afraid of their government like the here in the u.s <laughs> Meanwhile, the French believe it's the year of the pig, right? <laughs> yeah. Check out this next video. Uh, which is the economic nightmare Alex Jones predicted and talked about. 
Islam says, we're going to make the world collapse. We're going to have everybody turn against each other. We're going to blame the political classes that we own and control. And then when we're done, we'll bring in our new solution. But first, they have to demolish the cultures and societies that we had before with the fentanyl, with the open borders, with the demoralization. And then they bring in their next phase, which is a high-tech, cashless society, robot drone-controlled nightmare. All cars will have to have GPS. Everybody, by law, will have to have a cell phone at all times. And that's the admitted global UN standardized when it, when it comes to BlackRock and we see all the shifting of money and the BRICS nations and such, and we see the conflict in the Middle East, uh, people can get overwhelmed with what to pay attention to. And I thought this next video, uh, in a great way, helps us focus in on the most important locations in terms of economic transfer of goods and trade. Uh, check this next video out. I want to ask you if you believe that the collapse is orchestrated in order to bring in central bank digital currencies. And do you think you mentioned a timeline to me before that was anywhere from two months to three years? What is the realistic? Uh, what are the realistic steps that you think they'll take to get us there? The system is going to collapse of its own weight. And if you know that it's going to collapse, wouldn't you like to introduce a system where you're in control of the new system? So that's what I believe is going on. They can't, I don't think, a lot of people say, oh, are they doing this on purpose? Well, it was gonna happen anyways. So that then it would be a lot easier to introduce a central bank digital currency. And so banking becomes like a utility, pretty much owned by the government and linked to the central bank digital currency. And then from there, once the central bank digital currency is linked to all your credit cards and bank accounts, then social um, controls can be implemented. You can't have, you know, if you're a dissenter, and uh, once central bank digital currency is linked to all our credit cards and bank accounts and social accounts, uh, that's when we can see more levels of control. But in terms of World War III, here's where to watch in the world uh, in terms of the trade and uh, shift of economic power. There's a battle going on that's well above what everybody realizes. There's a battle going on for the channels. Whomever controls the channels in our world controls the trade and controls the consciousness, the ruling consciousness of the world. And so currently there is a battle being fought in the water and any means will be used in order to control the waters. So watch the water as we move forward. And what you see occurring in the water is not going to be what they say. I'll always tell you the truth if I think it's safe enough to tell you. My name is Lara. I remember the future. How do you remember like the future? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But uh, so, yeah, I think that was uh, significant is to watch the canals because she makes a good point. Um, we had in our previous segment covering the Gaza Strip and how they were looking at that area uh, for creating a alternative to the Suez Canal. So, um, and, you know, just remember that all of these agendas, you know, pushed by the World Health Organization and such, uh, and uh, the, you know, the UN and all the governing bodies that rep are represented therein, uh, they foretold a lot of things in the 2012 Olympics. Check this clip out. 
2012 Olympics opening ceremony has to be one of the most creepiest performances I have ever seen. I'm talking about the one done by the National Health Service. The performance starts with hundreds of hospital beds all over the stage and there's nurses reading them bedtime stories before they go to bed. After they're done reading them the bedtime story, they eventually tuck all the kids into bed. Once this is done, they do this interesting little dance and then it cuts to the scene where there's this girl under her covers reading a book and when everyone's asleep the demons start to come out the camera keeps cutting to her and then to the demons as they multiply alongside other creepy things i'm guessing this is a big cage to trap everyone the girl that was reading the bedtime story then gets lured up by this massive demon that spawns out of nowhere say what you want i don't care what children's book or children movies this is from this is flat out creepy demons then make their way to the children's bed scaring them and making them run away then the nurses become like possessed they all start doing this weird robotic motion of dancing. The stage was made up of newspaper headlines and there were subliminal messages all over the flooring. It's hard to read them, but you can go watch the original video and look at them yourself. Uh, during that event, I, re I kind of scarcely remember watching that and being like, oh, that's really trippy. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> we're making a lot of Alex Jones since there was a lot of discussion about him coming back on Twitter last week. Uh, well, check out how you act when you walk into the grocery store and all your original DNA is still intact. As they bleed the new circuit dry for clicks and views. Check this out. Ten people died in the Bronx last night due to a fire that killed ten people in the Bronx last night during a fire. Fire officials say all 10 people died due to the fire, which was too hot for their bodies. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes you can only say facts and event statistics and such so many times before you start to sound like that. That's crazy. That brings to mind this next clip, which is, uh, you know, the type of news they are hiding from you, which is Mossad exposing some Epstein-type connections. Check this mm -hmm. out. Maintain that it was your employer, Robert Maxwell, owner of the Daily Mirror. You say that he was an Israeli agent, and uh, as was his daughter. He was not my employer. I would like to correct that. Okay. We worked together with him. And okay. uh, you say that his daughter, Ghislaine, also, though, worked for Israel, and it was Robert Maxwell who introduced Jeffrey Epstein to Ghislaine Maxwell way before the 1990s, as mainstream media is reporting. Correct. I suppose what the most alarming allegations that you've been making are that the entire Epstein operation was a honey trap operation to entrap politicians, policymakers, celebrities, people in the media eye, basically to become Israel's assets. Correct. That. Uh, it became um, basically an uh, intelligence operation to entrap. Yeah, so it really does explain how these powers of circle operate. And back then, uh, the Mossad were trying to get a honeypot operation going to get things over on American business heads and politicians and, and figureheads and whatnot. So that's what we have to look forward to when the names are released from the little black book, you know. 
Yeah, when, um, we, when we pretty much know who are, who's in the Black Book, I mean, it's already been hinted at. You, you know the suspicious yeah. death about her dad, right? Was found, like, dead in the water, and they don't know who killed him? Oh, wow. I'll have to yeah. do a history on it, because it's crazy. That whole family's sick. Yeah, and, and in other news, this movie co has just recently released, and it is produced by the people whose names are in the Little Black Book. Oh, man. <laughs> The latest big Netflix movie is called Leave the World Behind. And the story is depicting exactly what the World Economic Forum told us in to July it, 2020. A major cyber attack. And who are the ones dropping the news in the movie? The same crooked news media. They're even telling you how electric cars can be controlled remotely and crash whoever they want, whenever they want with self-driving technology. And that's real. Now for the ones who don't know, remember these words. Predictive programming. That's a Hollywood movie telling you the hardcore version of whatever they're planning so that whenever a lesser version of it happens, we are not as shocked and our brain is already pre-programmed to accept it. Kind of like the movie Contagion that prepared us for the response to COVID. So for this cyber attack, they're already programming us to blame China or Russia so that they can go to war, bring society to a collapse, and advance their agenda of control. We just have to be aware of their plan and reject it. Use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Dude, you beat me to it. I have... Two truth talks. So, okay. So the first time I, I was aware of this, Lindsay told me, Hey, watch this movie with me. And so I, I missed like the beginning. She skipped a little bit ahead. So I didn't see anything before, you know, the first scene. So we watched it all the way through and I was like, that was so weird. She said, do you know who produced that? And I said, no, she said, Barack and Michelle Obama produced that. And I had been telling Opa and my mom forever that the Obamas like own Netflix pretty much. Like they have so much stuff out. But it's weird because Barack Obama had a hand. She's reading, Lindsay's reading the book right now to see how accurate it is to the thing because Barack Obama allegedly changed a whole bunch of stuff in that movie. So we could do a side by side. And in the truth talks, I have two that even go deeper than that. It's crazy. Oh, that's so interesting. That's where yeah, the I NASA mean... and the Obey shirts. The meme? That's where that comes <laughs> yeah. from. It's from that movie. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's it's almost so in your face, it, it seems too obvious, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, in other news, uh, we have an interesting theory on why cathedrals were built to resonate the songs sung within so beautifully. Uh, and uh, and how they were actually a healing tool. Check this out. Churches and cathedrals were never built for religion and places of worship. And I'm gonna show you exactly what these were built for. Now, churches and cathedrals display cymatic patterns in their windows, and cymatics are patterns made by frequency and sound. These windows display high vibrational healing frequencies, and some chapels even have songs encoded into their architecture. Now this is what cathedrals look like on the inside. Clearly, this is not set up and designed for people to all be sitting and listening to someone all the way at the front. They were designed for people to lay down and listen to the healing frequencies from the instruments in these cathedrals. Now our ancestors knew exactly how powerful frequencies are. And the Oracle Chamber is a perfect example of this. This is an underground chamber in Malta that pitches sound at 111 hertz. And 111 hertz frequency has been proven to kill 
cancer cells. Now these cathedrals were also designed to generate their own free energy and convert it into electricity. This is why the word cathode is in cathedral. A cathode is a type of electrode through which electrons move. Now this information has been intentionally hidden from us from our predecessors. However, we are in a time of awakening. The public consciousness is shifting and this information is coming to light. And this will definitely be a part of our free new world. Peace and love. Yep. Um, all right. With that said, uh, here's one last clip uh, of a Joe, Joe Rogan podcast talking about fluoride in the water. Fluoride do it in the water. It's a neurotoxin, right? It actually, I think it was originally fluorohexane, which actually was a byproduct of fertilizer production. And they realized that when they kept the fluorohexane in the fertilizer, it killed the seed. So they pulled it out and they wondered, well, what the hell are we going to do with all this fluorohexane? Well, I guess we'll convince water municipalities to put it into the water because there's a marginal amount of evidence that it can create a nanoparticulate layer over the enamel and it could potentially prevent tooth You could just brush your teeth. Or you could just brush your teeth. It's like putting sunscreen in apples because some people get cancer <laughs> so you should just every every apple should have sunscreen in it right it's really that dumb yeah well jeremiah that's all the news for this week all right thanks jake for another great current news as always and now a quick look at my dad rob skiba's refraction kit where you can prove that the earth is flat from your living room globalist guys these these are people who believe in the globe now they are the ones that said hey the atmosphere really is acting like a lens and they put a lens in front of the camera to show how it works so i'm, I'm just doing what they're doing i'm using the same logic they're, that they're using the same science that they're using and uh you know science is all about uh, testable observable and repeatable data right so uh to alleviate the problem of distorting the edges because the magnifying glass ring is too small and I got these plastic magnifying sheets and came up with another way of doing the same thing using the sheet right here set the city up a little cut out of the city and now I've got the big magnifying glass sheet bring the camera right up to the lens see that's the normal view of the city now let's back up again the science is the same of that of a lens here's a simple example so if you're looking at at uh, Chicago here. The atmosphere really is like acting like a lens. Yes. Atmosphere really is acting like a lens. And this is how much of the city is missing due to the lensing effect, the magnification of the atmosphere. You're missing you know, a good portion of the city just by pulling my iPhone back on a three foot long desk. That's how much I lost of the city. And as with uh, any scientific experiment, you always try to improve upon what you did before. So uh, I got some foam core, made a little housing for the uh, magnifying sheet and pasted the city on the back there and I made it as two separate pieces so that I could uh, flex it as necessary because I think that there are different types of atmospheric conditions that would al allow for more magnification versus less magnification. Just go out into a field, something like this, this nice flat field out by my apartment complex. Lower your iPhone to the ground to simulate us because we're really small on this massively large plane, right? Straight horizontal plane. Then go ahead and walk away from your camera on this flat horizontal plane. And just for the fun of it, let's go ahead and bring the city in here. And I'll try to keep my head right between those two buildings right there. And I'm going to pull the city along on this flat straight horizontal plane pulling the city pulling the city far away and just simply due to perspective lines look at what we end up with boys and girls amazing isn't it now let's bring the water line in to simulate uh, water instead of grass and get rid of the background there with some sky 
now let's slide our little city over here put the big city back in and well just due to perspective lines this is how much of the city magically disappeared so based on what we've just seen here apparently all you either need is atmospheric magnification refraction or perspective lines either one or all three can easily account for the obscuring of the lower parts of cities and ships for that matter with no need of curvature whatsoever but uh, just as sort of a bonus round if perspective works for ships and for cities I guess it would work the same for the Sun too so maybe this explains sunrise and sunset on the flat earth works the same way perspective pretending my face is the Sun there you go it's not rocket science you don't get to pick the anomalies that seem to agree with your views and ignore the common observations that don't and still call yourself an honest investigator that is intellectually dishonest Now, as always, the refraction kit link will be in the description. And before we move on, Opa, can you pull up that picture of uh, me? So this is fun, guys. Me and my mom were interviewed by the great Eddie Bravo this a couple days ago uh, for his show, Look Into It, that'll be on Rockfin. And he agreed to be on Skiba News Nation after the New Year's holiday or whatever you want to call it, after the New Year. So we had a blast. Uh, I didn't know how much he actually loved my dad's work, and it really shows in the episode. So stay tuned for that. Go subscribe to his rock fin so you can watch that. And uh, yeah, it's about that time for all new Opus Corner. Take it away, Opa. Pause Corner Breaking News Report. We have just received word that OPA has been given the pink slip on OPA's Corner. His firing was said to be because of too many cat jokes. We have reached out to OPA for his comments. Man, this is fake news. There's a conspiracy against me about using too many cat jokes. Nothing could be further from the truth. Cats aren't even funny. There's also fake news reports that I dislike dogs. I love dogs, bigly. In fact, I have a wiener dog. Make dogs great again. And by the way, the CIA is using cats to spy on me. We have a report from an unreliable source that Opa is being replaced by Barty the Purple Dinosaur. This has been an Opa... Huh? What? Uh, oh. A Barty Breaking News Report. We now return you to your regular programming. I love you, you love me, we're 
We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too? The following presentation may contain too many cat jokes. Viewer discretion is advised. This presentation is rated CJ, Cat Jokes, Parental Guidance Suggested. Mein Hut, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er mir nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Now presenting Opa's Got Talent. Before the rewrite. Baby, you can ride my bike, because it's you I really like. Baby, you can ride my bike. Just as long as you fit, then you might as well sit. It's a box world after all, it's a box world. Charlie loves that, right? Imagine there's no thunder It's easy if you try No hellish noises Coming from the sky Imagine all the people not using fireworks. This song gets me every time. I'm a human named Ed Watching the clock till I get fed <laughs> uh, Sitting on my human named Ed Wasting time <laughs> You just Call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll ignore you I don't give a dang 
Winter, spring, summer, or fall I won't respond to your call I'll ignore you Yes, I will You got a cat You've got a cat <laughs> If you're happy and you know we'll clap your paws Imagine there's no kibble It's easy if you try No disappointment Because your food's not dry Imagine all the people giving us wet food. This guy is a visionary. Johnny Katz. I looked down at that stupid ring of food. Copy down, 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 puts me in a bad mood. And it hurts. Hurts, hurts, the ring of food, the ring of food. <laughs> Hello, dark meat, my old friend. I've come to gawk at you again. There's a lady who's sure that I'm getting too old And she's buying me a stairway to mattress <laughs> That's classic, man Hoping to lighten its image, the IRS now has taxpayers play musical chairs to determine who will be audited. And I got mad skills. I can spit out rhymes like I spit out pills. Got a cold litter box in my own private jet. I always make it rain, but I hate getting wet. Picture yourself in a boat on a river 
with nice sardine trees and greeny tree grass. A human calls you, of course you don't answer. You're too busy licking your lay off the nip, Max. When I find myself in times of trouble, like when I scratch the brand new chair, I think these words of wisdom, I don't care. 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 I think these words of wisdom, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I think these words of wisdom, I don't care. I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen better days where my food just didn't end I see my half full bowl and it's been like that since ten and I always thought that you'd feed me again that you'd feed me that you'd feed me again The Little Fermaid Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? All of these claw marks from my two front feet Wouldn't you think I'm the cat? The cat who scratched everything That's bro That's accurate Rick Catsley You've been cat. What is this? Cat roll. I was gonna wake you up. I was gonna knock stuff down. I was gonna run around. I had to. I was gonna dislike hugs. I was gonna bump on rugs. I was gonna watch you go to the bathroom.
Jesus. Oh no, 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 no. I would scream and run away. Definitely a Baphomet. Charlie would love this now. That was great, Opa. Those puppets were oddly frightening, but yet kind of interesting. But I'm offended that there weren't any cats. There were dogs, but there were no cats, and I'm offended. And you should make a puppet, whoever made those, and make a cat, because I'm offended. And you gotta obey what I say, right? Because I'm oppressed. No, but that, that one in the snow, it's funny. Charlie's the only cat I've ever known that likes water. Plays in the water. Weird. Very dog-like, right? Anyways, thank you, Opa, for another great Opus Corner. And now a word from our good friend and sponsor, JJ. Are you tired of living in constant pain? 
Do you feel like you've tried every CBD product on the market with no relief? Look no further than JJ's Natural CBD Rub. When I was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease, this was the only product that completely took my pain away. Working with JJ has been a dream come true, and his products have completely changed my life. Don't just take my word for it. Visit JJ's website, jjcbdrub.com, and read hundreds of testimonials from people whose lives have been changed by all of JJ's amazing products. And now, as a Skiba News Nation exclusive, you can get $50 off a three-pack special of JJ's Natural CBD Rub by texting CBD to 920-382-7720. Don't suffer in silence any longer. Take control of your pain today with JJ's Natural CBD Rub. Again, text CBD to 920-382-7720 for an exclusive discount and start feeling the relief you deserve. The links are in the description below. Now, I was informed yesterday, JJ has lip balm, veggie CBD capsules, bath bombs, bath salts, sugar scrub, and so much more. So just text him and uh, tell him that I sent you. So it's time for some history. So today for history, we're going to be talking about how the Truman Show predicted the unveiling of modern society and igniting the quest for truth seekers. How it kind of predicts kind of what's happening now. And I, I think it'll blow your mind, Jake. So let's go ahead and play this first clip. The Truman Show is one of my favorite movies. It's incredibly rare for a film to be as funny, cohesive, beautifully paced, and rich in detail as The Truman Show. However, it's even rarer for a movie to go beyond this and give accurate, prophetic insights about the world. 20 years later, and The Truman Show's allegorical message is more relevant than ever. But the only way we can truly understand its meaning is by diving into the story. Affirmament. The film begins with a monologue from Christoph, who sets up the main premise of the movie. Truman is the unwitting star of a reality TV show centered around his life. Truman, a child abandoned at birth, has been brought up to believe that he is a normal guy living in the idyllic town of Sea Haven Island. However, Truman's entire world is a lie. All the people he knows, including his mother, his best friend, and his wife, are all paid actors. Sea Haven Island is also fake, and is in reality just a huge setting closed by a massive dome. This gives Christoph, the director of the Truman Show, almost complete control over Truman's world. This ranges from the ability to control the weather, to the day-night cycle, and even the stars in the sky. Truman's every moment is broadcast around the world, with extra funding from the show coming from product placement. From the start of the film, we see a camera implanted in Truman's bathroom mirror, where Truman Truman is pretending to be an explorer whilst getting ready for work. It's as though this is just another regular day for Truman, with him saying hello to his neighbors, making a coffee, and getting into his car. But just as he's getting into his car, a stage light drops from the sky right onto the road outside of his house. Truman then walks over to inspect like the light and sees that it says Sirius on it, referring to the brightest star in the night sky. But eerily, on his drive to work, the radio starts to run a story about a plane wreckage falling from the sky in order to explain the light. Here's a news flash just then. An aircraft in trouble began shedding parts as it flew over Sea Haven just a few moments ago. It then starts to talk about the dangers of flying, which is one of the first of many subtle ways that Christoph tries to influence Truman into staying on the island through fear. He is being subconsciously controlled by the radio. This subconscious manipulation then continues throughout the film. Like when Truman is asked by his boss to deal with something that will require a boat trip. By doing this, the boss is setting up Truman's aquaphobia as we see he is unable to even get in the boat. A phobia that's later revealed to be another subconscious manipulation of Truman. This whole day feels very strange for Truman, so he hurriedly comes back to his wife Meryl, who then conspicuously shows off her new kitchen tool that she bought at the store showing it off almost like she's advertising it. It's a Dicer Grater Peeler all-in-one. Never need sharpening, dishwasher safe. Truman becomes suspicious, and when out with his best friend Marlon, Truman's behavior starts to be off, and he brings up his desire to leave and go to 
Fiji. Marlin catches that Truman is starting to wake up, so he quickly shoots down the idea. He doesn't want Truman escaping. That would break the whole game. In the next scene, we see Truman go off to spend some time on the beach, where he remembers the tragic boat accident that seemingly killed his father and gave him his aquaphobia. Kristoff then even heightens Truman's misery by adding a specific path of rain to follow Truman. And with Truman's breakdown growing, we see the audience's engrossed reactions. It's all these early scenes that serve to illustrate that the fictional Truman Show can only function when Truman buys into this false reality. The Truman Show, therefore, has to make sure that Truman can't escape his cage, or even see that he's in a cage. If he knows that he's in a cage, the whole game collapses. The ways that Kristoff keeps Truman deluded are the most striking aspects of the allegory. The most obvious and egregious of these is how Truman is kept complacent by exploiting his deepest fears. For example, Truman's aquaphobia works perfectly to keep Truman on the island. Kristoff even risks Truman overcoming this fear when he sends Truman to unsuccessfully board the boat. The fact that Truman can't overcome his phobia only reinforces this. Truman is also constantly barraged by propaganda and subliminal messages to induce a fear of flying. There are constant reminders of the dangers of flying. It takes this rampant fear-mongering to keep Truman's delusion alive. However, this time the propaganda starts to weaken. Truman still fantasizes about taking a flight to Fiji. His aquaphobia is still strong, but it's revealed that this is most likely because it originates from the undressed guilt over Truman's father's death. But it's not just the fear that influences Truman. The control that Kristoff has over his world is total. Everything Truman takes in on a daily basis is designed with a secret purpose. The TV he watches reinforces the message. The media always has headlines directly promoting whatever they want Truman to believe. Even the people that Truman talks to on a daily basis spout the same canned lines and positive affirmations. Propaganda is seeping into every aspect of Truman's life and society. Are they gonna fly in somewhere? Nope. Oh, good. A lot like its infiltration of our society. Just like Truman, we're always bombarded with propaganda just to keep us complacently unaware of the delusions of modern ideology. So Truman's life is full of propaganda, just like our lives, you know? And does the dome symbolize the firmament? I, I don't know. It looks kind of similar, I mean, to the depictions that we see. And um, do all the mistakes symbolize glitches in the Matrix that are so many times posted on TikTok and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. These are just, I'm just asking questions, you know? So now we're going to be talking about how the mainstream media makes us feel like we're in a bubble and tries to tell us what to believe so we can stay in that bubble. So let's check out that clip. Every day, society tells us who we are, what we ought to do, and who our enemies are. Just like Truman, we're encouraged to ignore the clues that we're living in a lie, where we're made to still become wages in the matrix, and then everyone who buys into the societal delusion helps perpetuate it. This means that lots of well-meaning, rational people are swept up to become mouthpieces of a failing system. The cracks are present in both reality and fiction. They just exist solely on the personal level for Truman, rather than the societal level that we're starting to see. But what is the society-wide delusion? Well, in The Truman Show, it's obvious and literal. It's the premise of the movie. The Truman Show is a reality show. But how does this translate into our real world? Well, this is where it gets interesting. The habitus is a tool used by sociologists for describing the ways in which a society's culture functions. Society rests upon an enormous amount of unsaid rules and expectations. These are often performed without thinking about them. It's more like a learned skill than a conscious decision. Bourdieu, the French intellectual who brought the term to prominence, often compared it to sports. People tend to know the rules of the game. For example, it's generally accepted that when you're finished at the supermarket, you return your shopping cart. There's no personal reward or egotistic incentive, it's just a learned, polite expectation. In the context of the supermarket though, it's very important. The whole system would collapse without it. Some abstracts of the habitus are nearly invisible because they seem so natural to us. Even your taste in music or food are influenced by the habitus. This is because the cultural expectations that the habitus instills go so deep. They're established from the moment you're born, reinforced throughout your childhood by your family and then further built upon by your education and work. This then makes the habitus a self-perpetuating structure. Those brought up in certain habitus will nurture its specific values in their children for example, making sure the cycle continues. 
The Truman Show gives a literal picture of what a habitus can look like. We can see all the actors in the fictional Truman Show as being sucked into this. The actors act in certain learned ways in order to perpetuate the essence of the Truman Show. Now, the key difference between fiction and reality is the incentive. Literally, the actors in the fictional Truman Show are being paid to play their parts, but in the real world, people play their parts in the habitus because the habitus itself has conditioned them into it. Everyone is one of the actors. Everyone makes the delusion real. And what the Truman Show goes on to tell us is that when the habitus has been altered into something too detached from an authentic society, cracks start to show, when lies start to perpetuate, when the ego gets in the way, when power corrupts, the habitus starts to break. And this ripples throughout entire civilizations. See, throughout the movie's progression, we see Truman gradually wake up to the delusion that has consumed his life, which inevitably causes a breakdown of the entire habitus. The further Truman moves towards truth, the faster the delusion collapses, and thus hmm. the more resistance he faces. The habitus of our world is just as deluded as the one in the Truman Show. This is because what's valuable culturally has been drastically changed by reality TV and social media. The Truman Show almost predicted this with its commentary on reality TV. The vapid values of reality TV expanded to shape the entire habitus. Now limited to reality TV, and this doesn't seem too harmful, but it gets so much worse when you consider this in our own reality, especially with the effects of social media on our values. Nowadays, everyone's the star of their own reality TV show. People project vapid and unattainable standards by advertising a fake life on social media. That 14-year-old girls who use social media more than five hours a day saw a 50% spike in depression symptoms. This feeds into people's values. They see other people's fake lives and hold their own up to the same standard. These people then perpetuate the cycle, which then brings the habitus further and further away from authenticity and truth. Corporatization of society is then also reflected in the habitus of both the Truman Show and in our own society. In the Truman Show, the effects are obvious. Truman's wife is constantly advertising and shitting brands. It's almost a learned response that has been ingrained into her. You really ought to throw out that mower. Get one of those new elk rotaries. Which is why at this point, Truman is actively interrogating her on the lie that they've been living. In response, Truman's wife defaults to an almost robotic speech about a coffee brand. This is the habitus failing. Truman's wife is so deeply submerged in the Truman Show delusion that she has no other response. She just keeps reading the same script. But it's so much worse in our own society where our habitus is so heavily corporatized, with corporate values being held in such a high regard that we value our careers more than our families. So we as human beings have been conditioned by the mainstream media into being actors for the elite. That's just my opinion. I mean, everybody has made the delusion real and not us truth seekers. I mean, we woke up, but at one point we were those actors and social media today has completely destroyed modern society and they're making everyone into their own star in their own reality TV show where we all live in our own freaking bubbles and uh, makes people too scared to even, you know, look for the truth. They're too scared to seek the truth. So let's go ahead and play this last, I think this is the last clip. Yeah, two more clips. Okay, we're gonna have to cut that out. All right, well, let's play this next clip. Truman's suspicions of reality are then brought up again when his father, who he assumes is dead, shows up on his way to work dressed as a beggar. Dad? Truman's father is then quickly whisked away on a bus, but not before Truman sees his face. He realizes something is up, so he goes to talk to his mother who tries to explain away his father's reappearance by suggesting that he's just crazy and hallucinated it. This time, it doesn't convince Truman, who also notices how often his wife name drops brands. As Truman starts to go through his old things, the movie flashes back to Truman's college years and a chance encounter he had with a woman named Lauren. Lauren's meant to be a background character, but the two sides meet across the room. They share a conversation in a romantic moment on the beach. Lauren then goes out of character to try to reveal to Truman that his whole reality is fake. Listen to me. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows everything you do. They're pretending, Truman. Do you understand? Everybody's pretending. 
Lauren, who reveals her real name as Sylvia, tries to explain that Truman's world is a lie. But then again, she stops short by a man saying he is her father and that she's just talking nonsense. As Truman starts to think back to this, it's revealed that he still longs to see Sylvia, with him even recreating her face from fashion magazines, because Sylvia is the only thing that's real in this fake world. It's then later revealed that Truman is obsessed with Fiji as Sylvia is reported to be moving there. Truman then starts to see more and more suspicious things. His radio specifically describes his every move in an apparent malfunction. Truman's also seeing every part of the background set, but he's always escorted away from it. This sequence of events brings his suspicions to a breaking point, as Truman concludes that it seems that his entire world revolves around him in some weird way. Fearing that he's going crazy, he brings up these questions to Marlon, his best friend, who then just tries to brush it all off. And in response to his increased suspicion, Truman's then further barraged by suggestions that everything is just fine, that he's just being weird. His mother then shows fake pictures of him at Mount Rushmore, and even the TV runs a program about the benefits of a small town life. But by now, things don't work like they used to. He's seen the society that he lives in starts to crack. It's also laughable and ridiculous. This whole thing is a facade. And now that Truman is waking up to this reality, the lullabies of deception can't draw him back to sleep. After noticing that his wife is crossing her fingers in his wedding pictures, Truman follows her to work. Despite multiple attempts by extras to delay and stop Truman from seeing the surgery that his wife is helping with, Truman breaks into the hospital and sees the fake surgery being played out by actors who have no idea what they're doing. Determined to leave, Truman then visits a travel agency. By this point, Truman's had enough. He's determined to leave. He wants to escape the sick society, so he tries to book a flight to Fiji, but the clerk says they're all sold out for at least a month. So then Truman tries to get a bus out, but it conveniently breaks down just before leaving. Truman then sitting in a car at home, waits for his wife to come back from work. This when she does, scene she gets movie. in the car with him as he points out the clockwork regularity of the people who go past their road. Unsatisfied with her unrealistic reaction to this, Truman then locks the car and takes Meryl on an impromptu road trip. <laughs> to everyone around him, he seems like he's having a breakdown. He's breaking the rotten habitus surrounding him. But then instantly, traffic jam starts, stopping Truman in his tracks. Truman then pretends to go back home, which disperses the traffic completely, but then turns right around and makes his way out of the suburbs and onto the road. Once they reach the bridge, which stands between Truman and the mainland, it seems that his conditioned aquaphobia will stop his escape plan. All the conditioning and propaganda is the only barrier to his freedom. However, Truman overcomes his fears by closing his eyes and forcing Meryl to steer the car while he holds down the accelerator. Once they're over the bridge, other obstacles are set up by Kristoff to try and stop Truman from leaving. Truman even drives through a wildfire, but is stopped by a roadblock due to a convenient leak at the nearby power plant. In desperation, Truman tries to get through on foot, but is tackled and subdued by men in hazmat suits who take him back home. The implausibility of all these events cement Truman's skepticism of the world around him. Which brings up the question, how many so-called emergency events in our own world could be equally implausible. So no matter how hard we try to wake up, the mainstream media and the narrative tries to get us back into that bubble and tries to beat us down. And at the end of the day, it's up to all of us to decide whether we want to stay asleep or whether we want to wake up and see what see how see the world as it truly is. I mean, that's why I love each and every single one of you watching is because you're on this quest with us for seeking the truth. So with that being said, let's play this last and final clip. All the lies told by our media, all the false narratives pushed onto us, all the divisions sowed by algorithms in the news, all these layers of fallacy that have been embedded into every aspect of society. We all have the means to stop this nonsensical fictional reality that we abide by, and yet we choose not to confront it. When anyone does, they are breaking the habitus surrounding them, which threatens the whole house of cards that society is built on, which is why true authentic reality is always outrunning our apprehension. So then how can we ever know the truth when the lens we look through is tainted by our corrupted habitus, tainted by all the 
models of distractions that we don't even acknowledge. If we can't comprehend true reality, we no longer know what truth is. We don't have a grasp on what our values really are. And it's this flattening of our values, of our society, of our culture that dampens our outrage and emotion. Everything becomes muted by our postmodern reality. In The Truman Show, Truman's deserved outrage at the cage he has been trapped in is never tapped into. He's never angry, instead he's always left in a state of confusion and distraction. He's meant to feel crazy by searching for the truth. This is because for the show to be successful, it relies on Truman and his belief in the society around him. If he starts questioning this, then society goes down with him. So society has to prevent him from questioning the habitus he is surrounded by. And aren't we any different? Is this why we live in a culture without soul or value? Where everything we think and do is shrinked down by reductionism. Where the phenomena of nature, personality, the essence of life is just reduced to statistics and banal labels. Our world is filled with mystery and wonder. It's filled with adventure, but our world is being reduced to nothing more than a banal monotonous cage, numbing us into this bored, flaccid, apathetic state, which is what the Truman Show tries to show us. Once home, Truman is now feeling like an animal in a cage. His wife, unable to calm him down, offers him some coffee with a less than subtle product placement. Truman immediately senses out the fact that she is performing for someone, and so he confronts her about it. He's starting to reject this ridiculous reality he is surrounded by, and because of this, he seems crazy, which is why then the actor of Truman's wife begins to break character and pulls out a sharpened kitchen utensil to defend herself. It's these sorts of cracks in the show that only happen when Truman stops believing in it. Like in our world, we're now starting to see the rise of political outsiders. We're seeing the rise of extremism and a general apathy of all the people who refuse to believe in our current system. With our government starting to collapse with war imminent, no one trusts our broken society. And in the case of The Truman Show, it's this unraveling madness that almost ends with Truman's wife revealing her active role. Only until Truman's lifelong friend Marlon bursts in at the last minute and whisks Truman away to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. But at this point, it's like putting a band-aid on a gaping wound. The floodgates are now open and Truman's belief is dwindling. In this scene, the two are sitting near the river and begin reminiscing. Christoph through Marlon reassures Truman that Truman's life has meaning and is normal. He comforts Truman by assuring him that if what Truman believed was real, then everyone would have to be in on it, including him. Though this isn't possible as Marlon would never lie. On the surface, Truman seemingly takes this into heart, but deep down he knows that Marlon is just a victim of the game, and so he deliberately shows to him that he bought the ruse. He knows that Marlon isn't a bad person, but that he's not a real person. Morning arrives and Truman seems to be back to his old self. He draws with a bar of soap on in the morning, he has the usual conversations with his neighbours and co-workers, and seems interested in a new office mate he will have next to him. Evening rolls around and everything seems business as usual, with Truman fast asleep. However, Christoph senses something is off. Truman fell asleep in the basement, rather than his bed. So Marlon is again sent over with a six-pack to investigate and talk Truman back to sense. However, this time, he finds that Truman isn't there, and has escaped from the house. Christoph calls for all actors to search for Truman, and for the first time in the show's history, cuts the transmission. However, even with all the actors searching the entire set, Truman cannot be found. At his wit's end, Christoph has the set illuminated into daylight mode early, and on a hunch, has the team begin looking through the cameras near the harbour and on the boat. After cycling through a few cameras, the team finds Truman aboard a sailboat, and Christoph gives the call to resume transmission. After a few moments of peace sailing, Christoph is then faced with a dilemma. He either continues the transmission at risk of Truman finding the truth, or he gets rid of Truman entirely. So, he decides to send a violent storm above Truman's boat. Christoph increases the violence of the weather, but after a few long minutes, relents. Amidst this, Truman shows his willingness to die for the truth by shouting to the sky, is this the best you've got? Christoph, in godlike stupor, descends to send the most violent bout of weather yet, all to the dismay of his crew and producer. Truman, however, holds on, but is not unconscious. But at the last minute, Christoph rescinds the weather and removes the storm, resuming the tranquil waters. Truman regains consciousness and begins sailing his boat again. He has beaten the storm and the sea seems to be in his favour. However, after a few minutes, the bow of Truman's boat launches through the side of the set, leaving a big hole in the sky dome. By now, all of Truman's suspicions have been confirmed, and, in an ecstasy, begins punching the wall. However, the reality of Truman's situation begins to dawn on him, as he sees the ramp at the end of the water. Truman walks across this ramp, walking on the water. The audience is gripped. The culmination of his 30 years in The Truman Show seems to 
PCB at its finale. Truman locates a staircase and slowly ascends to the side of the set. At the top, he locates the door labeled Exit and opens it, revealing the abyss beyond his realm. A godlike voice then thunders through the sky, as Kristoff reveals that Truman was the star of a TV show with the whole world watching. Truman asks, was nothing real? And in response, Kristoff responds that Truman is real, and that's what made him so enjoyable for millions. Kristoff then tries to keep Truman in the set, by indicating that there was no more truth out in the real world, and that in the world he created for him, he had nothing to fear. The ignorance was bliss. After a few moments of silence, Truman looks up at the camera and says his final words before leaving the show. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. It's Truman's overriding impulse to return to what is real that makes the entire show fall apart. His drive to understand true reality is enough to bring down the false reality he'd been living in. As he goes through the door, this symbolizes Truman taking back control and turning back on a sterile, hollowed out reality. And today, we're in the same process. The increasingly ridiculousness of our society and the habitus that we're servile to is beginning to crack. With our world, economy and culture crumbling into the ground, we're seeing a rejection of this tired system. We're seeing new waves of younger generations dropping out of the workforce, rejecting the habitus imposed on them and millions taking the untrodden path, which is causing society to reach a crossroads. We're faced with a new path because those in control of our reality are now making a new one. A path of metaverses and virtual AI reality to take us astray from our current world and the other path is a reversion back to what is truly felt. But whichever path we take, our belief in society is falling apart. The cracks are starting to show everywhere you look and the game is collapsing in on itself. So the question is, where does it go from here? Now that's a million dollar question. I remember the first time I watched this movie, it messed me up. I didn't know what was real and what wasn't because I had been lied to so many times in the, because of the mainstream media. And I mean, that's why we all need to stand together and question everything because what is real? We have to search for the truth because none of us, what we're being told is not the truth for the most part. But if we all look for the truth, we can find it together, you know? So what are your thoughts about it, Opa? I thought that the movie was extremely entertaining. It was uh, very eye-opening, and uh, hell, I I'll watch it again and again. Yeah, very, very interesting movie there. And I feel like you're really good at exposing that in what's happening in today's, you know, in the current news. I mean, you do a great job of showing, hey, this is what they're telling us, and this is what's fake. I mean, that's the whole reason why we do this show is to expose what we see as truth and hopefully what you guys see as truth, right? Yeah, Everybody's absolutely. Truth? Yeah, I think it's such an interesting journey to go on, you know, as we investigate all these different topics. Yeah, man. All right, well, uh, it's time for some uh, truth talks. You're gonna like this. Because I haven't been caught yet. So before we get into it again, like I said, Jake, you kind of covered it because uh, the first two clips are about the, the movie Leave the World Behind. So it's going to go kind of deeper into that. Thank you, Lindsay, my girlfriend, who found these clips because, I mean, we were wanting to make TikToks and expose it for you guys before anybody had made anything about it, like right when it first came out. But we, could, we wanted to make sure that the book and the movie were different things. But let's go ahead and, and play the first uh, true talk. 
people are saying that this movie had a lot of satanic symbolism in it. Now, if you haven't seen this movie already, it's called hey. Leave the World Behind. And it's about America's enemies joining together to take down the country. They do it in a three-step process. Isolation, disable all communication, transportation, leaving people deaf, dumb, and paralyzed. Synchronized chaos, which has terrorized them with covert attacks, disinformation, and no clear enemy. Third, civil war and collapse. Now, from the start of this movie, you see a blatant 666 right in front of your face. And in a promotional poster, people are saying it says, I am Ball. Who is Ball? A demon that Christians believe in. He's basically Satan's head demon. Not to mention this movie was produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. Are people just reaching or is something big coming? Now I found that interesting because did you know that uh, they have a production company called, uh, I forget the name of it, but normally before the movie it'll say their company name, but this one said Barack and Michelle Obama. So they purposefully put their names in there for whatever uh... reason. Now there's a second clip to that. Now let's play that one. So a lot of you saw my last video about the movie Leave the World Behind. And I said it had a lot of demonic symbolism. So we went and found more. Like on the emergency TV broadcast, the map of the United States has a hidden QR code. My phone camera couldn't really read it though because it was so blurry. And the screen in the hidden bunker had numbers on the screen that looked like they were spelling DIE 666. On the other screen it reads the numbers 0917 and the time 204. Could something be going on September 17th, 2024? I mean as long as you see it and don't say no, to them it's consent and their hands are clean. I mean just look at all these images before that big event happened many years ago. But then again, I could just be reaching. I don't think so. <laughs> What do you think oh, about that, Jake? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, every year they seem to have different predictions. And so one year, someone's bound to get them right. Yep. All right, let's play another one. Opa. Giants absolutely existed in the past. Every single culture has some kind of story, myth, legend, folklore, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, whatever. You know, they've, they're everywhere. And uh, yeah, I gotta, you got to give credit to people like Steve Quayle. I mean, Steve Quayle, L.A. Marzulli, some of these guys have done a tremendous amount of research, and they're still doing research and showing uh, stuff. But you can just do, look in newspaper archives and find stuff as recent as the late 1800s. In fact, we're in Texas right now in Rockwall, Texas. Rockwall, Texas is called Rockwall, Texas because back, I believe it was in the late 1800s, a farmer or somebody was digging a foundation, I think, for a, to make something, you know, build a house or whatever. And then his shovel hit a rock and oh, it kept digging, found out it's a rock wall, kept digging, realized it's a really big and long rock wall. And eventually, supposedly, they found or made an opening or whatever, got into, into the rock wall and got into a room. And as the story goes, as I understand it, they found a cauldron of some sort that had the remains of humans in it. So apparently somebody was eating people. And then as the story goes, they found the skeletal remains of a giant, the skull of which was about three times larger than a typical, you know, human skull so i mean you're talking 15 18 feet tall probably if it's three times bigger and well, so what did they do they put lake ray hubbard over that whole area so which is really bizarre if you go look back in that history you know all the lakes as i understand it in texas are man-made anyway mm -hmm. uh but they it's had true. that land that became lake ray hubbard they was extremely up fertile good farmland water and they had other so less you know good land for farming over here that they could have. So if it was really about, we need to, to create a reservoir, why didn't you flood that area? You flooded this area because there's giant evidence here. And you find this time and time again, that there's all kinds of historical documentation of finding giants in, in the Americas and all over. And then once the Smithsonian and Vatican institutions like that show up, all of a sudden the evidence magically disappears. Well, why? Because it goes against the scientism 
model of evolution. They've got no place to fit giants in there. The Bible tells you exactly what happened, where the giants come from in Genesis 6. and In Numbers 13, they're encountering the giants in the land of Canaan. And uh, Joshua and the Israelites came into the land, and there was a, basically a giant holocaust, a holocaust of giants, and a diaspora of giants. They didn't get all of them. Uh, the ones they didn't get took off. And there's evidence of giants all over the world where they dispersed to. So um, giants is just one of those things that proves the biblical narrative that scientism doesn't want to have anything to do with. All right, let's, let's play that next one. Wow. These guys are going to be released in the future again. The return of the Nephilim, the fallen angels, the gods themselves with a small g. They are coming back during the apocalypse time. Look at all those giant So there are going to be a lot of giant ones in here because I'll tell you why at the very, very end of this segment. So let's play the next one. Did you guys know that our team is the There's only buddy, team LA on Marzulli. the planet, the only Christian team on the planet, hold on, to actually do a deep dive? What we show in our film, number six, the DNA evidence. And here's something to think about. Look at the orbits here. They're 25 to 30% larger. Look at the robust zygomatic arch. Look at Look that at big this. old head. Here's the foramen magnum right here. It should be here. So you can cradle board a baby all you want. You cannot move the foramen magnum from here to here. It's all the way back in the occipital plate. LAMarzuli.net. LAMarzuli.net. What are you waiting for, folks? Dive in. 13 books, 27 films. Now, I'm so happy that L.A. Marzulli is finally getting on social media and, like, doing these TikToks and shorts and all that. I don't know who's running it, but but whoever it is, they're they're very interesting. And we love L.A. Marzulli. So, all right, let's play that next one. And in those days, there were giants in the land. And the sons More giant of the angels of God looked upon the daughters of men and found them fair. And took up their wives, and their sons became of old great men of renown. So they have been mixing with us on a genetic level since the time of Enoch and Ezekiel's will. Alright, Opa, you wanna play the next one? Paramount Studios, that mountain is Mount Hermon? Yes. So supposedly the mountain is actually a mountain in the United States or something like that. Yeah, but we know the that they put all symbolism the movies, and they show things in our face. And it shows, Stars, if you watch the Paramount so logo, you know, yeah. the beginning of the movies and stuff, it shows fallen angels, fallen Remember stars the guy at the top, down, okay? Hovering over the waters, and then they go around a mountain and they congregate. Well, if you read in the Book of Enoch, that's exactly what they do. They fall down, they congregate wow. around a mountain, and they make a path. I'm never going to look at it the same. 
So that guy on the top is Zach Lewis. He's the guy that finds all these cool TikToks and, and uh, he runs our Skeepa News Nation TikTok, makes all of our shorts and stuff. So big shout out to him for sending me these. So Shout out, Zach. Sweet. All right, let's play that next one. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, and mine arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Hath not my hand made all these things? Isaiah 53. That the sayings of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. They remember not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive for evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So, Jake, was that kind of cross-referencing in the Bible? Yeah, great. That's really cool. <laughs> it connects with that video I showed at first with how many things are referencing, you know, this common theme of the coming Messiah and the redemption. And, you know, it's really interesting that you had that segment. That's cool. All right, Apple, let's play the next one. Lindsay sent me this one. Weird. All right, next one. So if LA couldn't get any creepier with all the problems with crime and homeless, I ran into this billboard on this lot. So this is a vacant lot for construction. And it says, live life deeper, 144 stories underground. You may never go outside uh, again. It's so creepy. I'm wanting to know living. if this is real with this construction site right That's here. Crazy. West Hollywood, Beverly Hills adjacent, a controlled access community, 24-7 security, residents-only amenities, a new standard of sustainable living, but it's all underground. Live life 
deeper. The world's yeah. first and only completely subterranean residences. No, Terrifying. I feel like it's a horror movie. It's so creepy. That is creepy. Was that the last one, Opa? Okay. Well, I, I share all those giant ones because this is the cover, guys, of the upcoming C comic book that I finally finished. And uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but it's a little subtle hint if you catch my drift. Oh, that's cool, man. All right, Jake, you got some memes for me? Yeah, I got a few. All right, meet me up. I know you're a little younger than I am. I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro, Negro leagues went on to become Negro. Negro. Hey, look, everyone, it's Joe Biden. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, bring me Solo the Wookiee. <laughs> bring me Solo and the Wookiee. You know, it's your Thanksgiving dinner, chicken That's or funny. whatever. Uh, just a reminder from good old Morgan. You're not grown up until you know how to communicate, apologize, be truthful, and accept accountability without blaming someone else. Very Thank true. Thank you for your wisdom, good old Morgan. Morgan Freeman. And uh, this is the wisdom from the left, right? This person thinks you're in a cult. Yeah, we got all the repage here. Uh, <laughs> um, don't be surprised if hell is full of people you thought would be in heaven, and heaven is full of people you thought would be burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe don't judge based on outward appearances is a good principle. But also the question of what is heaven and what is hell, because we all go to the grave. Uh, so there's kind of the understanding of, you know, we all go to the grave at some point and we await a coming resurrection. So, uh, but you would be surprised. Um, well, apparently Jeffrey Dahmer accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior right before he died. <laughs> oh That's the truth. So does that mean that he's going to be in heaven? All That's right. That's true so thing. I, I, I guess we will find out. If <laughs> Dude, <there>. what? <laughs> he's going to eat me. That's a, yeah, yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, uh, <laughs> in other news. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Beef jerky is just a cow raisin. Change my mind. Uh, you had to bring up that last guy. The right Dahmer sure raisin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's terrible. All right. Uh, leaving the thrift store on payday. <laughs> hey, Siri, why don't my relationships work out? This is Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. Funny. Yeah. All of our future girlfriends and, you know, wives are going to be just robots because they want us all living in these, you know, tubes like the Matrix. You know, it'll all be a robot lady. Have you seen the movie Her? It's about that where it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix and he like falls in love with this AI thing. Very weird. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to it. AI romance. And, uh, you know, this is what a family of potheads look like. Oh, in their natural habitat. Here's a really cool, uh, you know, you ever hear about that 
graphene stuff that was supposedly put in certain experiments uh, and then check out the dollar bill. Hmm. Uh, interesting, interesting. Um, here's another one. Uh, Pro FE, right, think about it. When the Earth shakes a little, you know, you have all these buildings collapsing from a tiny earthquake. And then when the Earth spins at 1,040 miles per hour, you can have perfectly stacked rocks not even nudging a little bit. Yep. Uh, are you sure these are safe? I have no idea. This is heroin. Looks like give heroin everybody. Yeah. Here's some heroin, yeah. kid. And and you telling me we trust doctors today after like what they were giving us a couple hundred years ago? No, they were you. like, yeah, pregnant women should have extra cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> so you telling me. You, they want me to trust them today and not, you know, self-medicate? No, I don't think so. Opa, what was the most trusted cigarette brand by doctors when you were a kid? Gee, I don't know. Maybe Camel. Win Winston Cam or Camel? Camel. Camel or Camel. Winston. <laughs> Lucky Strikes. <laughs> most yeah, approved by doctors. Fun. Lucky Strike means more something. LSMFT. All right. Well, uh, that's all the memes for this week, Jeremiah. Jake, thank you for another great current news and memes as always. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And never quit fighting. Let no man deceive you. Thank you for standing alongside us as we fight for justice and we continue our quest for truth. Subscribe and stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, Click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon, where you will get exclusive content, shoutouts, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcast on your favorite podcast platform.